and Rennie show is brought to you by Johnston Group, Vittorio Rossi, Trans Canada Brewing, Lou Ferlin, Cambrian Credit Union, and Homefield. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Kenny and Rennie Show. I'm Ken Weep from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. We have given Sean Reynolds the evening to spend with his lovely wife. They were attending the Kevin Hart Show this evening. So I'll be joined by a couple of special guests. I'm not going to go through much of a soliloquy here like my partner likes to do. It was game 82 here at Ball Arena in Denver as the Winnipeg Jets battled and lost 4-2 to two to the Colorado Avalanche after a late empty net goal from Arturi Lekkonen. Uh, the Jets battled pretty hard considering the lineup they had and virtually nothing was at stake for them, whereas the Avalanche were battling for top spot still in the Central Division. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. And without further ado, here we go. There he is. There he is. There he is. Welcome, Jeff. That, that took you about as long as your intro. Well, yes. I mean, this is this is not a game that's going to uh, require a whole lot of delving into. But uh, welcome here, Jeff. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of the Jets' eighty-second regular season game of the season? Well, Kenny, under tight deadlines, as we paper guys are, I started scribbling early thinking that this one was going to be a runaway game for the Colorado Avalanche, obviously, given the circumstances around this. The Jets, of course, in a meaningless affair uh, as far as it comes to the standings, sitting out key uh, several key players uh and, and not just sitting out several key players but injecting several players that hadn't played in some time yeah um so i you know rust i thought was going to be apparent including david riddick um which you know we'll get into his performance and what, whatever but yeah. um you know he hadn't played since march 14th so i thought it was going to be a runaway i mean colorado needed both games uh, to, to clinch the central division, but I thought the Jets put up a great fight. I mean, certainly in the first period, um, I felt like they were hanging on a little bit, like battling through. It didn't look like a lot of chances for either team. And then, of course, you know, the second period comes, uh, Avalanche get the first goal, second period comes comes uh, comes around, and, and the Jets are leading. And all of a sudden you're thinking, is this the game one lineup? <laughs> I kid, <laughs> obviously, but certainly a, certainly a, you know, a valiant effort um, that goal on Riddick is, is you know, that's a, that's a real bummer. I mean, I thought, I thought overall Riddick played a, a decent game, but yeah. uh, you can't be letting that one in. Um, and as soon as, but even then, I mean, I thought uh, there was a chance by the Jets and, and there was no quit. And I think that's a really good sign for this team. You know, I'm not going to, you know, go out there and say the team's amazing depth or, and whatnot. Um, Cause I thought Colorado, I mean, they, they too are missing a lot of, a lot of firepower in their lineup. Uh, obviously, Kale McCarr not playing. Um, 
Gabriel Lansko hadn't played really for much of the season, and we got to see him here mm-hmm. today uh, talk as he announced that his season was officially over, that he won't be joining his club for the playoffs, which is an unfortunate situation for the Avs captain. Um, but overall, I mean, all things considered, I thought the Jets played a decent game. Um, you've been to this building before several times. It's a tough building to play in, and uh, much much like they did in in Minnesota, I thought they. I thought they, uh, I thought they took the crowd out of it for the most part, and uh, you know, again, given everything that we've talked, uh, with everything I just mentioned about the circumstances heading into the game, I think, uh, you know, if you're a Jets fan and we're expecting for a, you know, a bit of an ass kicking here, like uh, like I was, I think you got to, I think you got to be a little bit happy with uh, the overall performance despite the loss. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, maybe we were just in the locker room, uh, you know, less than half an hour, just around half an hour ago. Uh, anything stand out from our conversations with either Kyle Connor, Brendan Dillon, or Rick bonus? Uh, not overly. I mean, besides Rick bonus talking at a decibel <laughs> level, it's almost unhearable. I mean, I don't think fans really care about that as far as the takeaways, but if you look at, you know, you know, you look at a Kyle Connor and, and he said that he's, he has said this in the past. I mean, you, you asked him about the idea of embracing that eight seed. Yeah. I mean, and, and whether, whether they view themselves as underdogs, I mean, you obviously prefaced it in your question by saying that, you know, it wasn't that long ago, a couple months ago, well, that, that they were fighting for first. Now, now, uh, Rick Bonus certainly said that felt like an eternity ago, so I think that was a little bit Indeed. more true, sir. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really dissect Kyle Connor's words because he's he has said this in the past, even during the struggles. And yep. I'm not going to suggest false confidence here. It's good to have confidence here, but there's absolutely no doubt that the Winnipeg Jets are underdogs heading into the first round. Um, but you know, I like that confidence, and certainly, you know, you look at you look at the point of the of tonight's game i mean no one got injured i know kevin stenland was a little banged up yep. i think he with a lower body injury domesticov went to the boards but he he was fine um rick bonus said stenland should be fine all good i mean we're still kind of curious about nikolai ehlers here we'll, we'll get into that as well but yep. um nothing no, nothing overly nothing overly too interesting from from the post game stuff i mean it's hard to really talk about you know when you did at that point in time we you know we'll find out later tonight who the jets are playing but yep. um you know, especially for a game that, again, it, it almost seems disrespectful to call it meaningless because, you know, as, as Brendan Dillon said, you know, agreed with it to a certain degree, but there really is no meaningless games in the NHL. And, 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 and you know, it kind of takes away from, like I mentioned off the top, uh, you know, was, was, was guys that got into the lineup who hadn't been in the lineup and, and had been out of, sorry, out of the lineup for quite some time and, and didn't really look as rusty as they should. So, um, yeah, as far as the takeaways at the end of the game, I thought, you know, I think they'll be much more interesting over the weekend here as we head into the playoffs early next week. Yeah, right on. Uh, is your boy Bruce? That A looked really nice on number five. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts quickly uh, on Brendan Dillon and Kyle Connor uh, rocking the A's with Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey out of the lineup this evening? Yeah, no surprise. I mean, when you look at all the key players that were out, I mean, it's kind of an obvious one uh, for Kyle Connor in the sense of, well, who are you going to give it to? A guy who, you know, who was in there that was Kyle Connor's caliber, if you will. Um, you know, and again, not to take away from other players that make less money and score less goals, but, you know, he is considered to be a key player on this team. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that Kyle Connor was looking for a letter, uh, you know, earlier in the season. I don't think he's, like, he's not, you know, I don't think he's one of those guys. You know, we looked at, you know, other guys who hadn't got a letter. Dylan is one of them for yep. sure. Nikolai Ehler is another. Um, Nikolai, or sorry, Brennan Dillon is the obvious choice, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's a guy that, 
like an Adam Lowry, certainly brings a you know great perspective to the team. Um, you know, tries hard every game. He's one of those guys that's that plays with an, with an edge. Plays you know one of the few guys on this team I'd argue that play with an you know an absolute toughness, and even fewer guys that will step up and and drop the gloves when needs be. So I thought you know between the two of them, Brendan Dillon was the obvious choice, and you you you'd think that. If he was, if he was maybe signed on for a little bit longer or, or whatnot, I mean, maybe not too, because he had he has only been here for two years, but he certainly has the respect of his of his teammates and his coaching staff, and and that was just reflective in his his designation as an alternate captain tonight. Yeah, no doubt about that. And Brennan, it's funny going back to Rick's words about some guys don't need a letter to lead. I think Brennan Dillon is sort of the epitome of that, Jeff. I think totally. he's a guy that is a perfect guy to throw an A on the jersey in a situation like this. I, I also do think he's the kind of guy you could have an A on his jersey full time. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's not a guy who needs a letter to have a voice or a big voice in that room. Uh, in terms of Kyle Connor, I think he's kind of emerged as a leader in the last couple of years here. We saw it down the stretch last year. He you know, used his voice a little bit more often. And, you know, I think that's nice. It's a nice pull for him. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers would be another guy moving forward that I, I think that he's a guy that, that has grown into a leadership role as well. Uh, before we get rolling and welcome our next guest, uh, you should visit the good folks at Vittorio Rossi. Sean's not here, but I have a crisp shirt from the good folks uh, go see the boys at Vittorio Rossi on Cordon tell them Kenny and Rennie sent you if you want to look sharp go see our crew over there and we thank them for their support throughout the course of this season uh, yeah let's uh, give me one second here we're, we're gonna we're gonna do you gotta our find best the buttons. you gotta find the buttons yeah we're gonna do our best on the technical difficulties here try to keep them to a minimum but uh, another welcome right here <laughs> There he is, Scott Billick. They love it. Son. Oh my Welcome. goodness! Welcome, yeah. Scotty. Yeah, good to see you, Scotty. Wow. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what's what's happening back in the peg? <laughs> nice out, man. I mean, it's 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 less nice than it was yesterday, but it's still nice out. For Winnipeg weather, it's good, so I'm not complaining. I wasn't asking about the weather. Well, well that's all it is. <laughs> no, I'm good. Everything's fine back in Winnipeg. Good, yes, good. Well, well, the buffet is open for your thoughts on the game, and then we will shift gears to the mighty lamp later. Yeah, it was. I mean, whatever. I, I thought I thought the team played well. I mean, you know, you're facing a team that an Avalanche team that's still fighting for first place, and it was essentially a one goal game. Um, I thought the Jets. You know, this is the last chance for a bunch of those guys that got into the game to put something on tape. Um, you know, some of these guys are fighting for contracts for playing time next year. I mean, you know, I, I thought they I, – I, the only issue I had in that game, and, and I get it, guys can't turn themselves off and they only play at one speed and all that. The Nemestikov, you know, whatever that was there, I mean, I thought it, – It's it hustle, just, man. It's hustle. I, I, what I'm else is for, it? I'm all for the hustle. Um, but when you, you know, put yourself out of the game for some time, we didn't know at the time whether or not he would be back or not. That's the only thing that bothers me. Uh, not even what do you suggest me. he does there? Let Stop him have a breakaway? And let him have a breakaway? I just don't think it matters. At, at that point, you're, you're focused on next week, whatever. Like, I, I don't, don't, don't worry. I, I get why he did it. I'm, I'm, 
I understand that guys play uh, at one, not even one speed, but you know, you just you you played the game to win, and I so I get that part. Um, but you know, this is a team that yeah, whatever. I mean, that, that was my only maybe you know issue with that game. I, I didn't think David Rick was that good, um, but whatever. He, has, he also hasn't played in a month, right? So. Um, that's, that's the other part of it too. That's a, that's a tough, that's a tough gig for David Ritt to go in. You know, I've seen, you know, him getting some, some, some hate on Twitter. Um, but I mean, you know, he hasn't played in 14 games, right? Like that's, that's the reality of the situation for David Riddick and he's coming in against, you know, one of the best scoring teams in the NHL. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I didn't have an issue with that, but yeah, I thought, I thought the Jets played well tonight. Um, all things considered, you know, five of their top six out of the lineup. Uh, you know, I didn't expect the power play to be that great because there wasn't going to be a lot of co- cohesion on it, right? Um, but, you know, they, they found a way to score a couple goals. The shorthanded goal was nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a good, well-fought game from a team that wasn't really given a whole lot of chance going into it, I think. There you go. Fair point. Jeff, uh, let's start with you as we go around the horn for the lamp later this evening. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at, at Kevin Stenlin as, you know, if we're going to go with the Jets angle here, clearly that, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, the Avs goal against Riddick, that third, the Evan Rodriguez goal would be if, would probably be the, you know, the decision yeah. maker there. But let's go, let's go Winnipeg here for the last regular season game. Uh, Kevin Stenlin, I thought, I think it was you, Kenny, were you not saying it? Too? I think your quote exactly was, oh, it took five <laughs> steps for Nathan McKinnon to catch up to him. And then he didn't and check the, him. And, and then, then he didn't check him. He, and then he tucks one past. Gorgiev. So I thought, you know, that one certainly looked good. I mean, credit to Morgan Barron, who I think I gave the lamplighter to Mason Appleton the other night. Um, And I ignored the work that Morgan Barron had did on that goal. I'm not going to ignore the the work that Morgan Barron did on this (laughs) goal uh, to to send over him and and to do it, uh, you know, on on a uh, shorthanded. I mean, that's uh, that was uh, that was a special goal. And, And I mean, we've been looking at Kevin Stenlin. Wondering if this guy, you know, if the fourth line could provide offense. Like, granted, this wasn't the fourth line, obviously, but he's on the fourth line, and, and the Jets will need that scoring touch um, for so for him to get that for him to get that goal, um, you know, to inject some of that confidence of scoring. Uh, I think will be important, and certainly will be crucial that uh, the depth scoring is there come playoffs, as we know goals are hard to come by in the postseason. And um, you know, having a guy like Morgan Barron and, and Kevin Stanley connect two guys that will make up you know parts of that fourth line, uh, I think was important tonight uh, in an otherwise meaningless affair. Scotty, how about for you? I mean, the nicest goal of the night, in my opinion, was the Rantanen goal. I mean, that's just a beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, yep. So I mean, and and so I, I guess if we're I, I, you, know, you know, to be fair, I it's thought the, Axel Johnson's the the goal. goal was nice. It, it was the prettiest goal. I mean, no, no, and, and that's that's why it's there to be named. And yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's the game. Uh, what is that? The game tying goal, I believe, because Rodriguez was the game winner. So I, I like that goal. <laughs> I thought it was nice. I mean, it's a power play goal. Um, um, but I, I like the Fialbi goal too. I thought he showed his hustle. I mean, that's what Fialbi does, and he got a stick on it this time, right? I mean, that, that's one of the things that. That we've always kind of that maybe the knock against Axel is that he does all the you know the, the things you'd want a, a speedy forward to do except score right get a stick on the puck in those moments where oftentimes he kind of maybe flubs it or something like that or just doesn't get a stick there he almost overskates his opportunities at times and so I like the Johnson Fialbi goal too I mean it was a tap in I get it but he was where you want him to be to get that tap in and and so that was a nice goal but I mean if I'm going to the lamplighter tonight it's, it's me Corrent and it's just 
the goal's just so slow. It's you want the re It's just so slick. It's so smooth. I mean, it's almost like a golf swing. What he did. I, I don't know if you've seen one of the replays there, but I mean, that's it looks like, like a half swing. slap shot, half Buddy, we, snap shot. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't need the replay. It happened right in front of us. No, here. I know, but like, I mean, you see the different angle, like the behind angle. Like, I know where I know where you guys sit in in Colorado because I've been there a few times. And so, but it's just it's it's an it just looked like a perfect golf swing. That's what it looked like. It was it was a beautiful goal. So let's go with Miko Rantanen tonight. To the be Fialbi a, goal, a though, man, you say tap in. That was a that was a, from a, a kick up from the skate to the stick for a guy who hadn't played. Since Did it go from a skate? Yeah, he yeah, buddy. Yeah, took the well, pass then, in his skate, yeah. put it up to his stick, well, and, then and turned into a yeah. tap in for a backhand. But sure, he I hadn't played since March fourth. Does it have that touch by the crease? That was a nice. That was a nice goal. Right. I mean, that's the same thing with Riddick, right? I mean, I, you know, again, I, I think guys who have, have, yeah, he hasn't played since March fourth. You're right. I mean, that's why I named him. But I mean, for just a pure good-looking goal, Miko Rantanen was as smooth as they come. So yeah, there you go. And Jeff touched on it. Uh, I'm going with Janssen Fialbi for. I also like the Stenland goal, but for me, the the fact that he, you know it was a shot point shot from. I mean, there's certainly there is an element of luck involved. The the shot comes from the right point. It hits him in the skate, but he goes skate to stick uh, and then still has to tuck it, right? Jeff, that was the thing that we were a little bit surprised by. It wasn't like it was just an empty net that he tapped. He had to kind of go around Georgiev's pad. So uh, we've got all of the prettiest of the goals covered, and that's why we have chosen those as our lamplighter, sponsored by the great folks at TransCanada Brewing Company. Uh, You can head down to their tap room at one. 1290 Keniston Avenue. And if you can't wait for your opportunity, please share your lamp lighter with us and we will choose a winner. And if you can't wait, go down to your t- to their tap room and test out the lamp lighter or many of their other excellent beers. And as we before we shift gears for the Johnson Group, we've got you covered. The winner of the lamp lighter from last game is Mary Jane, who chose Adam Lowry's goal as her lamp lighter. Mary Jane please send me a DM at Weebs World with your full name and your email address, and we will be sure to get you the voucher for a ice-cold eight-pack of Lamplighter. And for those folks who have already signed up for the list for the, as Sean has been calling it, the Kenny and Rennie year-ender bender, uh, thank you for your support already on that. We will... Be looking at the second Tuesday after the Jets season will end. So now that the playoffs will start either Monday or more likely Tuesday on the road in either Edmonton or Vegas, we'll have a little closer idea, but we'll see how long the run lasts and we'll dig into that a little bit here. And for the folks who are not are watching live, 1-1 currently between the Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken. Vegas needs one point out of that game to secure first place in the West. Otherwise, it will be the Jets and Edmonton Oilers in a North Division rematch after that sweep. Uh, Scotty, let's start with you on the Johnston group. We've got you covered play of the game. Oops. Oh, that, that's a good question. Um, man, that's a really good question. I, I, I like I like the penalty shot save from Dave Riddick. Um, I mean, I, I, it's hard. Is it hard to nothing kind of, wrong it, with that? That's a good. Hard one. to give you a gotcha covered in a game that they lost, I suppose. But I did like the penalty shot save on Riddick. I mean, again, granted, he hasn't played in more than a, well about a month now. Um, so I, I like that. I mean, I like I like that he he stuck with it. You know, Lars Eller. I don't know what you'd say. I don't know what his his, his penalty shot or even his shootout kind of acumen is like. But uh, yeah, I I thought the save was. 
was good, and, and they kept the Jets in the game at the time, right? And and and, and it bailed out uh, <laughs> Nemestikov. Like, yeah, it's a great play. Don't get me wrong. I just it's a it's a mean nothing game, guys. Like whatever, you don't want to injure yourself. I mean, that's the whole point. That's all the reason why you're resting your stars right now. He has no way of knowing he's going to crash into the post. That play is a smart play, it, I mean, Scotty. Was, the next time the Jets are in a game, he would have to do that on a breakaway. I agree. Yeah, 100%. so that's totally why you did it. Yeah, I totally agree. I just in game eighty two. I don't know if he needed to do it, but got you covered. Uh, him bailing out uh, Nemestikov on that. Did uh, you bail on your uh, gamer tonight, Scotty? Because it's game eighty two. <laughs> we, we, we actually did. Yeah, we kind of we kind of wrote something different because it didn't really matter that much. You said, you know what? Don't worry about it. The pigeons will still be David Ritter. There you go. Good, good choice, uh, Jeff. How about you? I'm giving. Uh, I'm giving that you got uh, got you covered. To Rick Bonus. Oh, there you to go. A lot of his uh, key players. Yeah, he didn't he want to get this, this game was, so he wasn't going to let his his uh, you know his 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 guys go. But I'm going to make a, a second plan here, and that's going to be the guys Ooh. that opted to play. One B. Eighty two games because they wanted to. I thought it was surprising that Kyle. Potter, yeah, thanks for stealing mine, but, Jeff. Yeah, thanks a lot. You already had it. You already had it covered. You you already had it covered. What what else do I have covered in a game like this? You know what? Don't worry about it. Just pretend like the last last few seconds didn't even didn't even happen. And, and go ahead, man, take it because I we'll, thought that was it. We'll be looking for the editing button, and I'll just pick up where you left off. I agree totally. There were certain players, and to your point. Uh, it sounds like certain players were given the option to take the day, the day off, whereas when I asked Kyle Connor why it was important to him, he said, "Well, Rick Bonus texted him and said it looks like you're playing all 82 games." <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He was just like, "Okay." <laughs> and you know, for him, he had already done it once before, but it is a badge of honor, you know, for Kyle Connor, for Adam Lowry, for Neil Pionk, for Brendan Dillon. Uh, you know, it, it is something, Jeff. Adam told you and I this morning what it meant to him and, you know, kind of gave him an easy out. And he's like, I've done it two times in nine years. That's why I'm doing it. Um, you know, the guys, especially the guys that play a physical brand of hockey and play uh, as hard as they do in terms of their putting their bodies on the line with the, you know, body checks and block shots and all of those things. Uh, it, it's tough to do. So, uh, I'm going to go with that as my, we've got you covered. And Scotty, just wait one second and I will bring you right back. And that is the, we've got you covered, plays and players of the game brought to you by the OGs, the good folks, the great folks at the Johnston Group. And we thank them for their support. They were the original sponsor of the Kenny and Rennie podcast and they have stuck with us. And we look forward to them sticking with us throughout this playoff run for the Winnipeg Jets as long as it lasts. Okay, where do we want to go next? We've got uh, plenty of time here. Let's get Scotty back in go. here. Uh, Jeff, uh, you know, you mentioned Ehlers off the top. Uh, what's your take on where things stand with Nikolai Ehlers? You know, I'm. You know, you. I don't. I think you and me differ a little bit. I. I, I don't. I mean, we saw him yesterday at the Rockies game. We saw him later on that evening. We saw him today. I mean, you know, he. From what we know through Rick Bonus's early morning uh, morning skate presser was that he, you know, he was in concussion protocol and cleared. So that tells me that, I mean, in that kind of situation, when you get blindsided like that, and, and you're, you know, you're automatically going to be in concussion protocol. I don't think he wasn't like he went back to the dressing room and had a pounding headache, and now they put him in. 
Um, I think you just go through that, and that seems like he cleared. He might have a lingering upper body injury. You know, I think you, you know, your point, maybe a sternum, stuff like that. I mean, he got him straight in the chest, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think he was never going to play anyways. Um, so it's confusing, but at the, at the same, and by confusing, I mean, it, because Ray then says he's being reassessed tomorrow, right? But I just have this feeling that if it was a playoff game, even today, tonight, he's playing. And, Agreed. You know, and, and so while he's not technically a, a healthy scratch, if you will, like the other guys, um, you know, he might be a little bit banged up. I think, you know, push comes to shove. Yeah, he plays tonight and he certainly plays game one next week. So, you know, I guess I would classify that as a close call, all things considered. You know, it could be worse. He could he could have got a concussion. We know it doesn't matter if you if you take one to the head you can you can get that whiplash and, and, and hits exactly like the one we saw Ryan Hartman deliver to him in that game um but all in all I mean I I I, I you know he wasn't going to be a player tonight uh and therefore I'm just a little I guess I'm I'm you know if anything I'm easing fans concerns and that I think this guy will be ready to go early next week whether he's 100 percent. I don't think anyone's 100 percent after 82 games um but certainly I don't see it you know th- that hit being a lingering issue and, and him missing anytime yeah i see it as a no nothing burger might be too harsh a term but i think that if the if this game mattered if the jets needed to win to get in to the play choking up on let's us. try that again here sorry it's an emotional show man it's the end oh of the season. i know you, yeah you know you, hosting you grinded all year Kenny. You know, <laughs> shows like this writing tv hits for sportsnet yeah you need to take a moment to yourself right man right now go ahead man you i uh, i only have one water and it's uh three quarters finished uh saw Ehlers in the hallway again today uh and just one quick thing and we know that you know the power of social media can occasionally be somewhat <laughs> yeah. ridiculous and uh, i am going the nicest to guy in the world so you answer every single person that you... <laughs> it's true no so here's the, the conspiracy theory that nikolai Ehlers was somehow injured and needed help taking off his jersey in the background of the celebratory video that was played uh this is what we know We've seen Nikolai Ehlers several times over the last two days from a distance, and I saw him up close in the hallway this this evening. There is no uh, no arm in a sling. There is no one arm hanging low like Andrew Cogliano's left shoulder was hanging low after he unfortunately toe-picked and went flying into the end boards. So, Scotty, that's my other point. Cogliano was just making a regular hockey play, and he caught an edge. So you can get injured at any time, even whether it's effort or not. I'm half kidding. No, no, and I and I get that, and I'm not trying to harp on that. So I don't see a conspiracy theory with Nikolai Ehlers. I see him being fully ready for Game One, and like Jeff, I think he would have played today if he if this game had a little bit more meaning attached to it. This is playoff playoff mode mode for sure. Not going to see anything. No, but see, Scotty, the point that Jeff and I are making is that if there's nothing, just say like there's no benefit. Why, Why? do you think the uh, no, hang on? Hang, time, I'll dude. go and then you go. Oh, okay. sure. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. No, no. Just wait a second. So, <laughs> if it's nothing, and like we think it is, why does he need to be? Re- why does there need to be another doctor's appointment? To, Maybe there to is be reassessed. The- you want to put on the How do you know that matter? means a doctor's appointment? Maybe yeah, it's just maybe. like he's he said, I'm f- he's feeling good today. What if he wakes up tomorrow? Yeah, I'm still feeling good. What if it's still a concussion potentially? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, I mean, uh, uh, when he, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, didn't they? I, I, he, he's out of protocol, right? 
He is out of protocol. I was, asked Rick about it. He, well, no, he would have had he to have tested. been looked. Yeah, yeah. He would have got looked at right after he came off the ice after the hit. And uh, let's let's pass on that. Quick thoughts on the suspension, Scotty. You first. Yeah, I mean, one game is what it is. I mean, I, I you know, I, I thought the Reeves. Well, the Reeves hit is, I think, the more dangerous hit in, of those two. I mean, I get the you know the the open ice hit can be bad, but I mean, just the way that. Reeves, who's like 200 and whatever, 40 pounds or however big he is, you know, crushes a smaller guy like Dylan DeMello like that. I thought that was more deserving of a, of a suspension. But one game is what I thought he'd get. You, you know, you, you, you don't play in the last game of the regular season. They were never suspending him for two games, right? Like they're not they're not making him miss a playoff game. Uh, you know, that's just not how it goes. So, um, you know, I expected one game and he got one game and, you know, go from there. Jeff? One enough? Yeah, well, man, I, I, like, I will, if you recall last show, I mean, I, I I thought it was a cheap hit. I didn't think it was, you know, going to be yep. a suspension. Um, I thought it was a cheap hit in the sense that he took advantage of the moment. But at the same time, I mean, if you look at what, if you look at the post-game comments from, from the Wild, and I mean, mind you, they're not exactly the most objective group here to, to, to take, <laughs> take from. But, I mean, you had, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, run running around in the in the offensive zone and you know throwing checks and 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 so i thought you know well i'm certainly not disagreeing with the suspension um i didn't think it was going to be one um but i'm kind of with scotty in the sense that you know that one gamer is almost a throwaway for the last regular season right like like to me it's it's kind of a nothing and i you know i go back you know i the fact that he got an interference call I think was the right call. And, and well, I think it adds a little bit of intrigue because Ehlers is hurt. If he just gets up there, it's nothing. Like, I don't even know if he's suspended because I think in these processes, they figure out what the deal is with the other player. Um, so in, the, in, in that respect, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's fair. I just, I, I find it a bit unexpected. Right on. And, uh, Crystal, I didn't mean you when I was talking about people with conspiracy theories. <laughs> I understand there was a video that in the background it shows people helping Ehlers with his jersey. That is not directed at you. I've just I got a couple other. Hey, Kenny, we were talking about Lowry. We talked to Rally, Rally, Lowry today about his fight with Reeves and and why. Oh yeah, a lot of people. Let's dig into that right now. You know, why? Why was he? You know why? Why would you do that with thirty seconds left? And I mean, I think you know. <laughs> Now Adam did talk about you did throw out words like stupidity kind of thing. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, but at the same time, that who is who Adam Lowry is, and and very much like Nemestikov on that play, you don't just change who you are in the heat of battle. And and um, and especially, and I see some comments here. I see some comments here. About I'm wrong, Apple, guys. I get it. That's exactly. Sorry, Scotty. Um, that was that's exactly you know like when, when I think that was that was it for Adam. Like you know he he said that Reeves went over to Mason Appleton and said we're going and and for him to watch that he's like no chance. I mean we we know how important Mason Appleton is is for Adam Lowry and to Adam Lowry as a good buddy of his, right? I mean I asked him today about his composure um, and how he always stays you know even keeled. I mean we've seen a lot of guys on these teams on this team, ride the wave of emotion, you know, feeling too good about themselves when things are going well and, and feeling too bad about themselves when things aren't going as well. And, and Adam, at least from our perception, is that he just has this even keel 
you know, mentality perspective. And, 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 you know, I mean, he, he said today, he goes, he goes, well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you guys see that, but you know, I lean on guys like Mason Appleton who, you know, who, when, when each of us get too low, we have the other one propping it, propping each other up. So obviously they're close, close friends. So to see a guy like Ryan Reeves try to fight Mason Appleton, who, who's gone through injuries this year and would much, much, you know, a, a greater likelihood of being injured in such a fight uh, I think that was a no-brainer for him, and um, and certainly, you know, again, just speaks to the player that he is, the person that he is, and most importantly, the teammate that he is. And um, I think he's just happy that he got out of that one, you know, relatively unscathed yeah, and, and didn't throw his shoulder out or or didn't, uh, you know, take a, take a, a good one from Ryan Reeves, who clearly wanted, you know, something to go down there. And I think, you know, I'm not going to. We already talked about this in in you know in mini, but um, you know, I thought I think the ref should have probably got into that one if they're going to be if they're if they're claiming to take more onus on players health and whatnot yeah, so, no um overall yeah. i thought that was a you know a good chat with adam but oh yeah for sure think? i mean from that from that takeaway i think he was just doing what adam lowry does yeah and this is the other thing if you're wired a certain way you are going to stand up you know jeff you and i in that situation say well if reeves tackles lowry and he separates his shoulder that's a bad trade for the mm-hmm. Winnipeg Jets. If you're Adam Lowry and you see the toughest guy in the league go to your buddy and line mate and say, we're going, you're like, no, yeah. we're not going. You're not going. You're going with yeah. me. Yeah. That, that's, that's who you're going with. So, um, you know, that that's just the way that Adam is wired and it's part of why he's such a great leader. Not just because he takes the fight, but because he doesn't need to be asked and he doesn't need to be told. That's yeah. an internal situation where he knows what his job is, and part of his job is standing up for his teammates. That doesn't mean he always has to take mm-hmm. the fight. But the best part of that whole exchange, Jeff, was, yeah, uh, was it the smartest thing I've ever done? No. Would I, do I regret it? No. Would I do it again? Yes. Yeah, so no, no. it was a very easy sequence of events. Now that also, sorry, I'm going to let you go in a second, Scotty. But and the beauty of that was now Rick Bonus. He had yeah. some laughs at the at the morning exchange with us too, Jeff. Yeah. And I said, uh, "Do you think the players exchange, enjoyed your exchange with Dean Evison?" Oh, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, you know they loved it. <laughs> The, the, thing players, I, the thing I remember most about the exchange was Jeff laughing in the background. You could hear him. <laughs> it was loud. It was oh, good. Oh, could you? Could you? Have this guy who's, you know, he's clearly dealing with something. He, he's tired, you know, and for him to, like, for a guy who absolutely loves players to play with emotion, for him to do that and, and, and have signs like your t- like yo small man syndrome and stuff as if like Dean Evanson oh, wouldn't feed him his lunch if it was a one on one. Like man. I thought that was amazing. Like and I thought that was, was indicative of the entire game and really speaks to why Adam Lowry did that. I mean, you don't want that kind of stuff. Like if you look at the videos post game after after that game, that team is oh, fired up, you know, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have been fired up from clinching the playoffs had that not all went down, but it was an extra moment. And I think that moment Momentum's important. That that sticking up for one another, camaraderie, if you will, whatever you want to call it, is important. And so when you have the coach involved, I mean that just made it extra funny. And, and obviously Rick Bonus, and he said it today, he didn't appreciate the fact that they have four guys on on the penalty kill, and Ryan Reeves is on there and three on the power game. play. It's like drop the yeah, drop the puck and end the game. Like it's not 
no, you know, it's not going anywhere. So he certainly didn't appreciate it. And, and you know, he certainly, certainly wouldn't have appreciated it if Adam Lowry got hurt over those antics. So I think for him, he just, you know, he knows how important Adam Lowry's been in the resurgence here over the last couple of months. I asked him about that today, too. Um, so I think all those things combined and the fact that he loves his players to show emotion was the perfect storm for Rick Bonus to lose his mind. And I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and here's the other part. So, you know, we've been debating, some of us have been wondering, we know this year has been very taxing physically and probably mentally on Rick Bonus. If folks are curious about Rick Bonus's level of investment, about maybe returning to the Winnipeg Jets next season, we know he's under contract. Well, I think you got your answer pretty clearly in terms of that exchange with Dean Hevison in Game 81 when the game was well in hand. So... Uh, Scotty, what first thought about the fight, and you know, maybe you thought on the bonus Evison exchange as well, because I know you love the Belichickian shoulder shrug oh from gosh. Dean Evison. That was the best. I mean, so yeah, like I get Rick Bonus, but like Dean Evison, just like cold staring him in the face, and just like, and then yeah, I come over. Like, I mean, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's one of the best reactions I've ever seen to somebody being called out. And like, I don't know how well Rick Bonus can fight. But I'd be worried about the guy who just shoulder shrugs and waves you over, right? Like in anywhere else other than when you have a piece of plexiglass in between. So maybe I've heard some people say, well, you had a plexiglass and that whatever. I think Devin Everson takes that fight all day. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was hilarious. I, that was, I've watched that so many times. The fight the fight itself, uh, you know, it, it's this is why Adam Lowry is captain material, right? I mean, I, I, it, it's a, it'd be a very tough choice between Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry. Um, but just, and, and I don't know who I pick, but, but I mean, I'm a big fan of Adam Lowry. Like he, he's a great person. Um, he gives it everything on every single shift that he's out there. Like, I mean, he embodies what, you know, fans want uh, in this team. Um, obviously, you know, he doesn't have the, the scoring skill of a Kyle Connor or Mark Shifley or whatever, but he has all the leadership to bat, you know, to, 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 to uh, let's say you make up for it or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, this isn't the first time that he fought him. We all remember the, the first heavyweight bout in Vegas after the Jets got shelled the night before in San Jose. Yeah. And then Adam Lowry goes out there. Well, and, shelled and, but won the game. Sure. I, yes, I understand. Yeah. and But he goes out there and tries to create some energy for his team. I think that fight happened in the first period, if I don't if I recall uh, correctly on that one. Um, you know, it was totally, a, you know, let's go. Let's try and, you know, get some energy after getting you know, you know, under siege the night before, because right? that was a back-to-back uh, game. Um, you know, it, interesting thing about the fight, I love the way that Ryan Reeves grabbed, like, if you watch the fight, I mean, I'm a big UFC guy, you watch the way that Ryan Reeves grabs Lowry's shoulder, like the Jersey Bajola's shoulder, mm. to neutralize his right arm right off the bat, so Ryan Reeves can get set and get his, because he's already got his arm free, and you see it right off the bat where Ryan Reeves is throwing a lot of punches, with right and there's Lowry's trying to throw a couple of left-handed jabs. That's totally a veteran, like like a, you know a good fight. Like not you wouldn't see that in the UFC, obviously, but like a veteran fighter in in hockey and a smart one neutralizes the guy's biggest weapon. And he held that jersey for as long as he could and got a few in before Lowry's able to, to to break free. So I thought that was like you know the interesting like the the fight within the fight where you're trying to you know jockey for position and. And keep a guy from you know being able to punch you. I thought that was maybe the most um, interesting thing, other than you know the moment of the fight and all that. So. Well, yeah, and Jeff, 
Adam told us about that. Like he, he legitimate was like, Oh boy, I lost my balance. And now you're like, when you lose your balance against the yeah. strongest guy in the NHL, now you're, it's very, you know, I, I'm not a guy who fought a lot when I played. I know Jeff, you like to throw down. Here's the thing. If you lose your balance in a fight, now you are vulnerable, but here's the problem. The more you like, you got to be careful because if you over, if you try to overcorrect, now you're either getting smoked in the nose or you're in an even more vulnerable position. So the fact that Adam kept his composure when Reeves had him in, in a bit of a vulnerable position and actually kind of re recalibrated and then got the takedown. I mean, he steadied himself, right? Yeah, so, which which yeah. And which is part of it. It's easy to free. say. It's yeah. easy to say, but a whole lot harder to do. What did you think of his response to that, Jeff, this morning? Sorry, what was his response to that? No, what? just to how Adam talked about that and how he was like, you know, he said he had to steady himself. And then also, secondly, the fact that he felt that both fights were basically draws. And especially yesterday's because not a lot of punches were actually landed, even though a couple of big bombs were thrown. I'd say a draw against Ryan Reeves is a win. <laughs> no <laughs> so, doubt. So certainly, I mean, like Ryan Reeves isn't just a fighter. You know, he has an element to his game um, now, but he's more of a fighter than he is a hockey player. And so, and he's incredibly strong, tough guy. So to be in those vulnerable positions, I think it shows just how tough Adam Lowry is, how strong he is, and how powerful adrenaline is. (laughs) Um, Anyone who's ever dropped the gloves, it's a blur. That's why you get incredibly tired after about five seconds of throwing fists because you're your, your blood is rushing, you know, so fast and, and you're not thinking at all. Hence why you drop the gloves and as soon as, you know, so I, I put it to that for sure. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, you could just say I, so many good things yeah. about Adam Larry. We went into, and people didn't love the conversation, but I liked it last time about who's going to be the captain. Let's not get into it. I feel like we're going backwards a little bit. Maybe we should move <laughs> towards the playoffs, but um, yeah. certainly you're going to need that in the playoffs. You're going to need that, you know, that fire you're gonna need that passion you're gonna need that emotion and and nobody embodies it better than than adam lowry on this team for sure yeah right yeah, on. no i'll just add one thing yeah. on like i i i think we're selling Lowry lowry a little bit short here like i, I don't i, I think you said lowry, he was everything right there no no, no 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 i meant just to say his fighting skill like i i think adam lowry goes toe-to-toe with anybody oh nobody said it was a, and he always was a bad fighter own. he's a good no, fighter. No, no, no i'm just saying like even a draw like i think adam lowry goes into that fight expecting to win that fight and like and 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 not because that i think he he knows he can win that fight like i, I look at adam lowry he's six foot five he has reached he does have size and a bit of pounds on, on Ryan Reeves. I, I, I think he's. A, I, I think there's no issue with that. Like I, I just don't think it's. You know, he thinks a draw is a win or whatever, right? So no, I, I was more against the toughest guy in the NHL. Sure, I so just it's not a win for Lowry. It's a win for anybody who fights him. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, I think I, I, I would put I would put Adam Lowry on the same pedestal as Ryan Reeves for fighting skill. That's all I'm saying. So. Yeah, I, 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 I have you, Adam is a heavyweight, and Ryan I would classify as a super heavyweight. He's in a yeah, different, I, a different weight class. I, I not in terms that, of technical skills. Fights, man, and I think that that's a good, it's a good fight for both those two. Like I think they, I think they're pretty even. That's all. So, anyways, let's there move on. Go. That's that's why point. Adam said it was uh, two draws. I guess a uh, quick one for uh, for folks who have realty needs that need to be met. You can contact our main man, Lou Ferlin, whether you're buying, whether you're selling, whether you're just curious about what the house on the corner of the street is worth, or if you're looking to move to another neighborhood, Lou's your guy. You can reach him at 204-791-9971 or at the office, 204-989-5000. 
His email is Lou sorry, Lou at louferlin.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N dot C-A. And his website with all of his listings, www.louferlin.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast, for which we are eternally grateful. And guys, before we shift gears to the final 15-minute block here... Okay, there's your update. Seattle uh, on the power play now. This has been a poundy fest. Who do you think we're in a fight? Here, hang on a second. Hang on, hang on. One more read <laughs> here, boys. Sorry, sorry. We got to also thank our sponsors, the great folks at Cambrian Credit Union. You know that if, you, if you're a fan of the show or listen to the show, you know that both Sean and I are Cambrian members, proud Cambrian members. We both have our mortgage at Cambrian Credit Union, and Sean had to actually switch his mortgage over to Cambrian, and he has been thrilled since because of the fantastic service he has received. Cambrian Credit Union's cashback mortgage is back. Get pre-approved for a Cambrian mortgage by May 31st and qualify for up to $3,500 cash back. Apply, book, and meet online. Visit cambrian.mb.ca slash cashback for details. Subject to credit approval. Con- conditions apply. And thank you once again to the good folks at Cambrian Credit Union for your support throughout the course of this season. Okay, 15 minutes. Let's uh, let's look forward. We will know the opponent probably not by the time the show is over. Actually, not by the time the show is over. But uh, what do we make of the Jets as an eighth seed? Uh, what are their chances? Uh, well, hang on. Let's go this way. What, what is the more favorable matchup? Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. It's funny, right? Because if you look at the season results... Um, the Jets got one point in three games against the the Vegas Golden yep. Knights this season, um, and got two win- out of three win- uh, two win two wins out of three games against the Oilers this year. Right, but there's absolutely no way I'm looking at the records this season and thinking that the Winnipeg Jets are in an ideal situation playing against right. Edmonton. Um, and that's because Edmonton's been one of the best teams, if not the best teams, in the second half. Their records shows that. They're they're second in the league, I think, behind Boston for regulation wins. They got every piece that you need, including goaltending, a strong bit of defense. I mean, getting Ekholm at the deadline was massive. And as you mentioned at the Rockies game yesterday, Kenny, that 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 changed the makeup of their team. Oh yeah, um, and obviously the scoring power. I mean, how do you mention anyone's name before Connor McDavid? Um, you know, and while the Jets, the Jets certainly were able to shut down Connor McDavid in that in that you know four game sweep a few years back. Uh, that's not that's not going to be the case, I don't think, this year, and and will certainly be in tough. Um, I you know, and we talked about this before, so I'm I'm you know back on to stealing your stuff, Kenny. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's borrowing in this case. It's borrowing, right? not like stealing. Lauren Brassois is going to be the starting goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights, likely, you know. So it, it, you know, there's a beatable, there's a beatable netminder uh, in Vegas, and I think you know certainly that's the key position here is is goaltending. So I think the Jets are going to be in tough either way. I don't see them as a favorite in either one of those matchups. But if they're going to steal games and and rely on their offense. Um, I would I, I would be, I would think that Vegas would be the ideal team to be playing against at this point in time. Scotty, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days. I, I I still don't know who's the favored matchup. Like, you know, I think there's enough players still on this team from two years ago that remember how to shut down McDavid and and Drysaddle because that's what they did. 
Um, but at the same time, Edmonton's, you know, as Jeff said, I mean, and, and they're a different team now, right? One, they can, they can not only play defense, but they can score, you know, they got some good, you know, scoring from there with, and they have goaltending now, right? Like when Mike Smith was, you know, pretty good in that series, like Stuart Skinner's been a game changer, I think, for that team just as much as, as Ekholm has, because the one thing that that team hasn't had is, is steady goaltending, and that's what they have now in Skinner. Um, and, and, and so that, that like, you, you look at them, they, they remind me a little bit of the Colorado Avalanche in that way, whereas they just needed something steady in between the pipes to get them because all they had all the offensive talent and they had the you know the defense too and so mm, they, they needed more than just goaltending their their team defense has improved under Jay Woodcroft but they still right. needed Ekholm in order to get to this point sure but my point is like you know they they have if you have if you can deal with it in your your own zone um which they can now I, I think I think that's what the you know this team was missing and it's the same thing with with, with Colorado in that sense, I mean, in 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 a broad, in broad strokes here, Kenny, don't don't take offense, but uh, broad strokes, that's all. Not, Buddy, that's, I was uh, at the Western Conference I know final. You were, and that's why I'm saying their team defense still needed work, and it just wasn't Mike answer. Smith's problem, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> Anyways, my point is that um, I, I think Edmonton's a much t- tougher matchup this time than it was two years ago. For the people saying, oh. You know, it is what it is, and 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 you know, wow. you know they beat the, the Oilers before, um, exactly right. Like I, I think that, they're yeah. they're they're that good, right? And so, um, and and Vegas, I I, yeah. I, I sort of agree with Jeff. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the game as we're going here. Bersois has been incredible tonight, um, but I, it, this is why it's tough because I think you get a better Bersois playing against the Jets because there's something to prove for him there. Um, I'm just not sure if this team. The problem I have with Vegas is I'm just not sure they're the, the playoff ready like Stanley Cup winning team yet. They just have they have a lot of stars, you know. They have and if Theodore and, and Mark Stone are going to be back, I mean, my goodness, I mean the team gets better. But I just think the Jets. I, I think there's there's a lot of guys left over from the Jets that that want some revenge from from the Western Final five years ago. I mean, it's been a while, but this core is still here. They all played in that. Um, those guys, I, I think there's something that Winnipeg wants to prove against Vegas, right? And I think, you know, being the underdog, nobody's really going to pick the Jets to win that, either series, I don't think. Um, you know, I think the Jets are in the same sort of position they were two years ago. So the, it, it's kind of a perfect mix where they want to prove it and they're going to think that the world's against them again, as they did when it was against Edmonton, right? Um, I, I don't think any of us picked the Edmonton to win that. Uh, or to the Jets to beat the Edmonton, never mind sweep them. Oh, okay, sure. I didn't I say checked. they were going to sweep them. You okay, should check the receipts. I will check the receipts. Please but, do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, like I, I, I just <laughs> think, think I had think... the Jets win the Stanley Cup that year. No, <laughs> no, 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 oh, sir. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, no. For me, I mean, I think I'm up, I'm with Jeff. I think Vegas is probably the slightly more favorable matchup, um, but it's going to be tough either way. So once we get into I think there's a path for the Jets to get out of the first round, though. But I imagine we're going to get into what we think. So I'll wait. Not that it, not, and I'm not trying to be like, crazy, but it's interesting, right? About about Bersois' connection to Winnipeg, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm sure he'd want to, you know, win. Of course, he'd want to win. I don't know if he's got much to prove here. I mean, like the Jets resurrected his career. You know, I mean, he was kind of, you know, dead in Edmonton and came here, and and I mean, the opportunities, Kenny, the opportunities, <laughs> the opportunities in. 
in uh, in in Winnipeg, you know, with Connor Hellebuck as the starter, were limited. I mean, I mean, his opportunity to go to Vegas, but yeah, I mean, I'm also I mean, not 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 to get in, away from the the opponents. We get back to that, but I keep thinking how important it is for not just the city because I know it's going to be incredibly important for fans. The fans deserve a whiteout party. They deserve yeah. something to cheer for, right? And they deserve fun. Honestly, after the pandemic, after what we've seen from this team, the roller coaster of this season, the nightmare that was last year. But I think it's it this will be the best sales pitch for some of the players here. You know, because I think, you know, it's been so long since they saw that kind of passion. Yeah. Um, you know, saw the the, the fan base and, and Winnipeg's second to none, I'd argue, with fan bases. I mean, not only are they knowledgeable, they're passionate, you know, those parties are awesome. Uh, and I think it's gonna be a really great thing. Um, not just for the city, not just for the fans, but for some of these players who, you know, especially for those who've never witnessed it before, but even for those who haven't, to get a reminder about what it's like to play in a hockey-mad market, and that's coming. The whiteout's coming, and I just can't wait for, for Game yeah. 3 in Winnipeg. Yeah, and I'll just dive into a couple of things quickly here. You know, The only thing with the Oilers is Stuart Skinner's had an unbelievable year. Scotty, you're bang on, and... He's going to be a lot of on a lot of Calder ballots. He's going to be on a lot of all rookie team ballots, but he also hasn't done it when the chips have been down, and that's not his fault. He hasn't really had an opportunity. Yeah, but but you only get the opportunity when the opportunity when comes, the and that's the beauty of Brassois. Jeff, Jeff, you're right about Brassois, but that's what makes the the matchup so juicy. You have the guy who was clearly in the shadow of Hellebuck, who basically had been. He even said it out loud. I think I can be a starting goalie in the NHL. And then he signed somewhere and didn't really get the starting opportunity he was hoping for. And now all of a sudden, it didn't fall in his lap. This well, guy had injured, this right? guy yeah. had hip surgery in yeah. the summertime, and now he's stolen the job. Even though Vegas had an all-star goalie in Logan Thompson who got hurt, and then their insurance policy is a two-time Stanley Cup winner. But now who has the net when the Vegas Golden Knights are playing for first place? None other than Lauren Brassois. So it's, oh, a, the, it's, the it's an incredibly juicy matchup. I mean, and, and also, too, we know they had a great relationship with Hellebuck and, and Brassois. But oh, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. But the rivalry's there. When you're the backup, what would you rather do than try to knock? I, I wouldn't call him a mentor, but the guy that you work closest to for years, mm. of course you want to try and beat him. So the other thing quickly, too, about Vegas, they're battle-tested, and in a lot of ways, they're a parallel to the Jets. Last year, Vegas had massive expectations, had humongous injuries, and missed the playoffs. How did they respond? By being one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, even though they still had a bunch of injuries this year. This is Eichel's first crack at an NHL playoff series. He's going to be fired up, and he's played great against the Jets this year, including his overtime winner that he went bar down on. So I, I think that the Vegas Golden Knights... It's funny. The external expectations on Vegas were much lower this year, much like the Jets. But I think Vegas, I think Vegas's team is built for the playoffs. So Vegas is, it a, is also a tough building to play in. Oh, it's an amazing building. So you, that's you, a, you, never mind the building. This city, like, like know, is the Vegas flu real of in course, but like, in the playoffs? But like, just the, like the atmosphere in that arena is incredible. Oh yeah, and yeah. That, you know, and yes. like I don't know if it matches in, in Edmonton. 
I mean, no, I'm I gonna, think you're right. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton is very hungry. Their mark, that's a great barn, too, when it's full. When McDavid scored in the first 25 seconds of Game 3, it was bananas in there, too, Jeff. Like, very similar to Colorado. But then Kane, Vander Kane took the five-minute major on Kadri, like a shift or two later, and that totally, that was the end of the series, basically. So you had the best player in the world has a great shift in, in the first shift, and then power play happens and there's no momentum. McDavid doesn't really play other than one penalty kill shift, and it completely changed. So anyway, I think it's going to be, either series is going to be fantastic and will have its own storylines. And to be honest, there. Is there a preferred matchup? No, but Jeff, Brennan Dillon said it best. The Jets, it doesn't matter if they think they're an underdog or not, and we know Kyle Connor doesn't think they are. Like They're in the Pacific Division now, yeah. so you're going to have to beat either Vegas or... Uh, sorry, either Vegas or Edmonton, and then in the second round, you're going to have to probably beat Vegas or Edmonton or L.A., right. and then if you happen to win two rounds... Oh, guess what? Guess who's waiting for you? Either the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, or the Minnesota Wild. Hey, hey basically. Kenny, it could, it could be worse. Or Seattle. You could, you could be in the East. Oh, you could be in the Atlantic. <laughs> you could be, you could be in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, you could be in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, you could be playing Tampa first round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, I just think that hey, the we're, you know, we're the getting scene later really here, sick. but. Uh, maybe it's the wrong time to bring it up. No, bring, bring up, it up. Yeah, it's good. I gotta find. I gotta Jeff find. Jeff I, I gotta find a home field to work. Oh man. Uh, I mean, you, if you guys want to weigh in quickly, you can. But I mean, it's. Do you want to touch it first, Jeff? <laughs> you go for it. Oh, I've I said think. enough on this, but. Sure. It's a disaster, right? We can agree. It's crazy. I think it's short-sighted. I think it's. Just the words. I mean, I know people take exception to thinly veiled threats. I don't know if it's as aggressive as that. It sounds like it a little bit, but it's just like there's a clause in everything. Like at the end of the video, they go, is, the, is Winnipeg an NHL city? You know, they don't say absolutely they are, but of course they are, something like that. And then they add the word but. But everyone needs to be but, in. Like yeah. as, if the, as if the season ticket holders in Winnipeg haven't given everything. Like the fact that 85%, 85% of the season ticket holders – Okay, are yeah. individual people, and is is yeah. is mind That's blowing? Insane. Like, doesn't Mark Chipman have friends in the business world? Like, go get, go tell them to get off their wallets and purchase tickets. Don't don't tell the fans who have been maxing out their credit cards for the last decade that they need to do more, or the and the Jets will stay here forever. That yeah. marketing that has to be the worst marketing plan ever how did we get from selling out the team's tickets in like 15 minutes to like pretending we're in 96 again like this team's on the cusp of moving like is there not a happy medium in there like get rid of the butt and say everyone needs to be involved join us like this yeah. was it absolutely crazy and the and the bananas part about it all is that is that you are you did you looked at this thing for months you look at these scripts for months this isn't like a thing you deal with in two weeks and and talk about the timing do it in january when this team's in first place not when they're clawing for a playoff spot that came out before the jets had even clinched yeah. If Minnesota should have won the other night because they needed to, I, yeah, I, thing, they would have come into tonight's game 
on the brink of not making the playoffs. Yeah, Nashville won the like, so, It's yeah. absolutely incredible, man. And it just speaks to this organization and how tone-deaf they are. It took them, what, 10 years to get the basic lighting system on, on the thing? Like, they took advantage of these, these people for a decade. And now yeah. they're they Mark Chipman, whose whose evaluation of the Winnipeg Jets is pretty much doubled. It, it, it has his handout begging for fans to come out to games. It's absolutely pathetic. And the other part is handle your business in the locker room. This is one of the least likable teams in the NHL. No one's in the community. Nobody's doing anything. Like you know, it absolutely blows my mind that you have a Winnipeg Blue Bombers organization who who does everything for the fans. Who actually yep. like you know what you know what you know what bomber season ticket holders get? Bomber season ticket holders get a handwritten letter 48 hours after they sign up for season tickets. They get invited to events throughout the entire year, you know, including like a pancake breast breakfast at, at um at you know at training camp and stuff like that. They get a they get a they get a uh, a postcard like thing that's set up like a jersey with your last name on it. Like you wanna you wanna get fans to come, show them yep. that you give a shit. Like yeah. it's absolutely incredible that they that that they did this, and I wasn't going to go off like this, but it's been bothering me for so long that there it's absolutely go. bananas. Like Mark Chipman, like we're not like it. Like when Blake Wheeler used to say stuff like, you know, we we're all in the same situation in the pandemic. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not all the same. We're not yeah. even close. And like, like how do you how do you go from go from? I know I'm going on now here, but how do you go from Wanting, releasing a story about how purchasing Portage Place. You already have a lockdown on the entire downtown area, and and now you want to purchase Portage Place, and you're asking that, and now you're talking about how this, how you need fans, and 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 that if they'll be here forever as long as you show up, give them a reason to show up. Give them yeah. a reason. It's absolutely bananas here. And like in this team, it's just like how tone deaf can you possibly get? Mark Chipman doesn't even talk to the fans. He doesn't talk uh, yeah, to the media. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, doesn't yeah. you know, he hides there. The arrogance of this organization yeah. is beyond me, and it hit an absolute boiling point with this marketing strategy. And I'm telling you right now, people would get fired if they had this kind of had this kind of marketing strategy in other markets. It's absolutely bananas. I'm done. <laughs> We're at 101.48. That's a, that's a mic drop you. there. Uh, I get a, okay, I get a chance go. here? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you can have a chance, but... I'm, I'm, why, why do I have to tone it down, too? You don't have to. You okay, do whatever good. you want. Right. But I, I, You want me to be a little more concise and short and whatever? I thought I thought Hammer just do nailed it out of the park there. That thing, okay. that thing, that was, that thing was a, a home run in whatever the worst ballpark is in the league for home runs. Like, that thing was out of the park. But, no, I, I, I think... I, I, I talked to a guy that used to work for the Bombers yesterday, and and the thing that was interesting to me is that every Thursday, they all their customer all their season ticket reps would stop what they're doing at the end of the day for thirty minutes and call up five people on their list and just thank them for being a season ticket holder and ask them what they're doing. Not to you, the Bombers well, flew down oh, fifty oh, people the day I, of the Great I, Cup I to go to the game. I got you. Hold on. Okay, sorry. I'm done. You're right. I'll even mute myself. My my email box is full. I'm, first of all, I'm not trying to yell because my wife's sleeping next, so that's the reason why I'm not as as fired up as I was yesterday to me about this. But the thing that gets me was that that there are enough fans in my in my email inbox and in my DMs on Twitter that can't even get a call back from their customers or from their season ticket rep. They can't get a call. 
I was told to me yesterday for somebody that 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 I, I won't say where they work, um, but you might be able to guess that this team has such a bad customer service staff because they haven't had to do any customer service for the last decade, right? So they just don't know what to do. They're in such a bad shape right now because of what who works there and and the vision that this and ambition this customer service staff has that they, they're in shambles right now. They don't know what to do because they don't have the people in place to actually do customer service. That's how bad it is in there right now. And 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 so you look at it and you've taken and you've taken and you've taken from the fans and 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 you've expected everything in return and 85% that number is insane. I agree with Jeff. You've had 85% of your season ticket base be fans propping this team up the whole time. Well, you've literally pissed on local businesses. Name one local business inside Canada Life Center. And then go down the street to IG Field and look at all the local businesses in IG Field. It's night and day. Meanwhile, you have an owner who, I agree, he sits up atop the ivory tower. He only comes down to the fifth you know, the fifth floor of, of Canada Life Center. He goes into his little office in the middle of the press boxes there. He write, invites his rich friends in there. And that's the only time you see him. And the only time you see him with any sort of emotion is when he throws the door and slams the door when the team's lost a bad game. That's the only time you see him. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't talk to anybody else in press row. He, I mean, he, he curries zero favor with the fan base. Meanwhile, you go down the street to IG Field, and you see before a game Wade Miller out in the tailgates talking to the fans. Like, Wade Miller, you know, he has his faults. But at least he knows how to be, and he's not even the owner of the team, he's just the CEO. But he knows how to run an organization for the fans when they come on a game day or even not on a game day, feel welcome, feel a part of the team, feel like they actually a part of, of winning a Grey Cup or a Stanley Cup in, in the chase of the Jets. The Jets don't feel the way. I, 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 it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, you, you, we leave the Jets games, you know, three hours after the end, two hours after the end. Some nights there's not a fan around really at that point. You go to the Bombers game, we leave the Bombers game. There's still people out there tailgating, and like I get it, it's apples and oranges, right? But this team has done so little to make it inviting inside that arena. They're, they're, like what I just don't get where they need to go and what they need to do. But this is a team that you're on the road. I don't know if they're on the road with you guys right now, but they they send a lot of their you know front office guys out there to check out the people that are in charge of the game day experience and people that are in charge of the fan experience and, and customer service and all those people sit in the press box and they look at all the different things that these other teams do. And then you come back and you get, and you watch what they do at, at a Jets game. You're like, are these, what are these guys watching? Like, like they're blind. Like I, 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 I that's the other part I don't understand is that they have the people that are, that are supposed to make the decisions on changing things and in, 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 in the arena and you go to a Dallas or you go to Seattle or you go to a Vegas and you see all the, like the local flavor that they put into their game days. And then you come to Winnipeg and, and what's the local flavor? You get one guy who sits there and screams at you every, you know, 10 seconds before the game to tell, to tell a Jets fan that they need to get loud. Like, a, like, a, like an intelligent Jets round. game day experience oh, in the NHL. It's horrible. It's, it's the horrible. Worst. It's the worst. Like I, I, you know, there's, there's, you don't, you go down to Florida and they don't have people telling people to get loud there, and they have a half arena, but you have a, you have like three people that sit there and scream in your face before the game, 
um, to, 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 to try and get you to, to, to get excited for a game. These fans don't want to be excited. They don't need that to be excited. They need the on-ice product to be exciting to watch the game because they're smart enough to know what a good team and a bad team looks like. And, and so when you have 3,000 fans that, haven't, that you've lost over the past two years, it's not because, you know, it, part of it's because of the economic situation. I get that. I mean, part of it, but part of it is apathy and people just, people don't give a shit about the Jets as much as they used to. Like, that's what it is. You have a team down the road, too, in the Bombers, where if you're going to use your discretionary income, why wouldn't you go to a Bomber game? Like, the Bomber games are fun. Like, I would rather go to a Bomber game and just sit in the stands and drink beer and do all that than cover. But I would rather sit in the press box at a Jets game than, than go down because, I mean, it's it's just boring. And so I, I, I don't know how else to act, you know, to, to say it, but, like, this team needs to stop thinking that, yeah, it goes back to the whole idea that that they work when we work, or they get paid when we work, or whatever they work. The thing that Shipman said when he wouldn't pay, when every other team across the NHL was paying their 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 staff when the pandemic hit for the last few games or whatever, and Shipman dug in and wouldn't do it. Like that's the problem. The problem is that it it, it gets so cheap around here that they they won't want to invest in the fans. They think that the the on ice like the, the game itself, hockey itself should be um should be the thing that draws people in but they're finding out now that they're missing 1500 people a night because nothing draw you know it's not just that anymore because the team has sucked for the last little while and it was really bad last year and yeah they've got into sorry they've gotten to the playoffs this year um but they played really bad for you know a good two months two on top of that and 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 it, it's easier now for people to, to look past because there's nothing else to look forward to, right? Like, I just, I don't get it. And I don't know, I mean, I, I'm not saying that this team needs to turn this into like an outdoor stadium with a rum hut or whatever, but they need to figure out ways to make it local to, to and, and to make it to what Winnipeggers, you know, like, right? Like, I, again, I don't, when I walk into a Jets game, if there was no jerseys on, I wouldn't know what city I was in. Right. Like, I mean, and I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, there's a lot of teams that, I mean, this isn't Toronto. This isn't Vancouver. They don't have the, you know, maybe the reality is you're not going to get the business community in on it. But part of it would help us is trying to get some local in there. So you actually look like you care about the local community and not your few blocks on True North Square and all that. And the other thing is, I mean, if that is, if that's the reality here that 85% of the fans, have to make up the then then do something to make it worth it for the fans. Right now, it's just not worth it. Exactly. Anything else uh, before we <laughs> shift to the home field? We're already going beers yeah. on a patio in a plus twenty five Denver. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> or I mean, I'm going to bed. I want to go to bed. I got to get up early tomorrow. I've been all right. That's in a that case, drive, in that it's case, in that case, it's time to throw a spotlight on the comments and choose a standout for the Home Field Dig Deeper Award. Oh, uh, got yeah, it's time. And that award winner this evening is Cranley, <laughs> who said nobody will remember ever remember anything that happened in this game. You know, it is a little bit of an exaggeration, but because the next game is game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Cranley is 100% correct. So... There will not be a lot of X's and O's or power play meetings based on uh, what we saw here at Ball Arena. And uh, that is why Cranley is the winner. Thank you, Cranley, for your winning comment. And just like 
Cranley Homefield is always going to dig deeper to find the best marketing solution for your company. Find out how at myhomefield.ca. And give me one We're two more for three second. for swears here. here. Uh, you missed one of the, one of the better comments here. So well, just like if you swear, we'll make it three for free on the swear power play here. Well, Fans want it, Kenny. It's a family show, buddy, so you oh can't always gosh. give the people what they want. Kenny letting it down. All right, all right. All right, the next time, uh, you know, thanks very much for the sure. great attendance throughout the course of this 82-game regular season. Great to see so many people still up uh, listening here. Uh, the, there will be a Stanley Cup playoff preview show. We don't know the timing or the schedule. As mentioned earlier, the Jets will be in the Pacific time zone bracket for the first round or two if they remain in it of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We expect it's still nothing confirmed or official, but I would imagine it's more likely they'll play Tuesday than Monday, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, And if they're playing the Edmonton Oilers, it could be Monday. So uh, we will get you updated. We will look forward to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we would like to thank Jeff Hamilton and... Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Free Press for their excellent work today and throughout the course of the regular season. The fun time of the year is just around the corner. And as Sean likes to say, and as I support and confirm all of the time, thank you to all the businesses in this community that we've been talking about recently for their tremendous support of this program. That's Vittorio Rossi. That is TransCanada Brewing Company. That is the OGs from the Johnston Group. That is Lou Ferlin of Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. That is Cambrian Credit Union. And that is our good friends at Homefield. Thank you for listening. Easy, Kenny. You're losing it, man. You're losing your temper here. It sounds like you're about to give a wake up. (laughs) We will talk to you soon. You should be like, man, let's get ready. Playoffs next week. Let's go, guys. We're in it. Season's over. Yeah. It's time to wake up. Time to wake up. It's time to wake up. 82 done. The fun just begins. Thanks for watching and listening, no everybody. All right. yeah. Have a fantastic <laughs> weekend. The Kenny and Rennie Show is brought to you by Homefield. Cambrian Credit Union. Lou Ferlin. Trans-Canada Brewing. Vittorio Rossi and Johnston Group.